Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to the Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today we have a very special guest, John Catt. Uh, John was previously my CTO when we had Illicit Mind, and he is now focused on his company, Piao. And he's had a really crazy misadventure with Piao, as well as a crazy journey when we were back at Illicit Mind. But I'll let John um, take over and tell you a little bit more about who he is and what he's working on. My name is John, as Georgie said, and I was with Illicit Mind for two years. And a lot of that was misadventure, but I would count most of it, you know, useful misadventure. A bit about my background, I'm an electrical computer engineer by trade, that's what I went to school for. I work part-time for a New York City government agency called the Public Advocates Office. I run the technology of that office, everything from level one tech support, networking, all the way up to applications support and and I do that for part of the day. And then another part, I am working on my own project called Piao. And that is a fashion tech store. And that started way back in 2016 and has changed drastically from what it started out to what it currently looks like. Nice, nice. That sounds really good. Um, just to kind of pick at it a little bit, could you talk about one of the misadventures that were, as you said, like lessons, learning lessons that you had with Illicit Mind? One of the misadventures with Illicit Mind was the early on team dynamic. This was the first time I had joined a startup that I wasn't the you know, founding force behind the idea. And it's difficult to gel with a team. Even if you know the people beforehand, it was difficult to get into this rhythm of knowing what I could pick up and do on my own, with my own volition, and what I kind of had to do for the team to go over. And kind of juggling in my mind what I could do with this bootstrap and what team, um, team approval, team discussion, whatever you want to call it, that was, that took a long time for me to kind of figure out. And the more I became familiar with you guys, Pedro and you and Marvin and all the interviews we had, it became easier and that time was shorter. But definitely those first six months, I felt like a good amount of time was wasted on me when you juggle on that. Nice. I didn't even know that. I had no idea. Um, so that's really, that's really interesting. Just like something to think about from um, a team member or even a founder position in the future, how the dynamics and like founders could, you know, kind of verbalize to the team, like, hey, you know, you're open to say like whatever, or this is what, just really being more clear and transparent or even just asking more of like, hey, what do you think? Or, hey, you know, free, you have free reign on that. Because I think a lot of times I wanted, specifically as a founder, I wanted you guys to kind of like take authority on things, but and like the miscommunication in, in that was you guys are like, oh, you know, you're the fan. I might have to like re resort to the team. So that's really cool to kind of hear that misadventure. Um, 
My next question now is moving on to Piao, right? You said you've had Piao since 2016. Um, and I, I know, you know, it started as completely something different than, a, um, than the Anglet is right now. It was always been like fashion tech. But you, could you share with us like what it started as in 2016? Yeah, in 2016, July of 2016, I started it with a then partner, and we were trying to create a tech platform where women could resell their luxury fashion items. Mm -hmm. Items are not your typical pieces of clothing, they are more of an asset class, they have high resale value, there's limited quality, there's a market for them worldwide, and so far, this market has existed in brick and mortar stores, not necessarily with a designated online community or platform. And we were trying to create that platform. That, we stuck with that for a good year. Um, really, I had built up our platform. We had actually sourced a good amount of product, which is still sitting in the closet, um, to put up on the site. We had gotten some early users to beta test. And it never really took off. It was a combination of me not really having time to put into creating a product in period of one in six months by myself. We had a couple teammates come on, you know, they were with us for like a week and then completely gone. You know, they, we really got them into the idea, but we had definitely not perfected this management of not only a team, an idea, which is what a startup is. You've got to take this idea and then build it into something. And eventually, around the one year, my partner that was co-founder with me really took a step back and said that he was not in it enough to be able to commit to be a founder. Um, and that was hard to hear, obviously. Because I had put all of this, not only time, but resources and um, personal sacrifice to get to where we were at that point. And then to kind of have that drop out, it makes you think, why are you in it? Um, I honestly told me a couple months to get back up on my feet and be like, okay, I'm still really passionate fashion, really passionate about technology, and I think that there's a lot to be done in the space that hasn't been done, and where do I go from here? And I was basically going back at the complete drawing board at that point. That is really crazy. Like, as you said, misadventures, and it is, you know, difficult when a partner or a founder kind of, like, leads a team. I've experienced that, and I have been, like, that experience for some unfortunately and you know getting back that courage to kind of go back out in the world and continue to work on the idea um what was that like because you know you said you were a little bit down but like what were those feelings that you kind of had to tackle and like is there something specific that you had to do in order to kind of get yourself out of that funk did you you know meditate exercise just kind of like what specific thing or kind of and think of it in terms of like advice could you offer that someone could do or what did you do to kind of get back on on track yeah so i actually did some research into other founders in the space i basically read books on other people that had gone through this to see what they did to see how they dealt with these type of 
troubles and storms. And I probably read a good, like 12 books, a good amount of them you had given us and the rest I had researched myself. But really diving into what other entrepreneurs had done before me and, you know, using that to prop up, this is not the end, obviously. There's, this has happened to literally everybody before me. Mm -hmm. Using that as kind of that first step to push myself back up was what got me back out there. Nice. That like, that's really what I want to hear. And I love hearing that because sometimes we think, you know, hearing other people's story that could deter us or it could make us feel, it could go both ways, right? It could like make you feel like really bad or it could help you bring you back out of that and just like learning it. You just don't know what you don't know because you might see some of the big guys out there and think, oh, they had it all perfect. It was easy. But just reading reading their book or their story allows you to see kind of behind the scenes of like, oh, snap, like this is normal. This is not just me that's experiencing this, but others in the world experiencing this. And that kind of leads to my next question now. You know, you had this adventure, you dug yourself out of it, and now you have PL and you're um, relaunching. So you changed the business a bit, you pivoted. What what was that pivot and why? The pivot was we want I want definitely wanted to stay in fashion with a tech piece. The pivot and it took two or three pivots. We pivoted away from the women's to kind of just all fashion items, make like an online marketplace for fashion items. And I had done some research into other companies that had done this before. A lot of them had failed. And so we kind of steered away from that. Then we went on to fashion data. Fashion data is really growing tremendously in, in the sense that they want to use fashion data to predict trends basically what's going to come in season next. And I was going to, you know, use my ability to gather this data, put it through uh, machine learning algorithms, and then be able to spit out, this is what's going to be in trend next. What you should be selling. This is what you should be creating. And that was really interesting. I had garnered a good amount of support from the mentors that I talked to about it, the other people already in the space. But... It requ that required a lot of capital and people to get up that mountain. So then I went back to the drawing board again and I was like, what can I build basically by myself because I am a one person team now. What mm -hmm. can I build right now to just get Yao's brand in the marketplace of fashion tech that accomplishes one of the goals that I want to achieve. One of the goals I want to achieve is greater accessibility to all of the fashion products that are out there. You know, there's so many different venues that you can go and buy fashion products online right now. And so I want to really make it a lot easier and simpler for you to search and, and store what you like and what you, is your personal fashion brand. So focused in, zoomed in on that idea. And then you know, a lot of my mentors and peers were like, you've got to go even further than that that's still very broad. Like there are so many avenues of fashion that if you're going to try and put them all on the platform, that's going to take a team of hundreds of people. And so I zoomed in again and I was like, what do I know personally and love in fashion right now? And came up with footwear. Any kind, like I have over 50 pairs of shoes and I'm not really proud of saying that, but I love buying shoes. And that's a big fashion item for me. 
And it was easy to get all of this data. It was relatively easy to build an app to be able to put it on that in a user-friendly you know, platform. And we're gearing up now to be able to, to launch this thing. Nice, nice. That that is good. Like, you know, you took the information, you did more research, and then you built something um new, but on this kind of using the foundation that you already set. So that's really cool that you're doing that. And I know you have like a lot of um technical pieces behind it. So like, you know, it's really data driven. And what made your decision to go into an industry or create a product, a service, essentially, that focused on um, data. And I know you said it probably is like a little bit of artificial intelligence as well. There, there's a good amount of trend in the fashion space to be able to predict what's going to be next. Um, and there is so much data on user preference and fashion transparency out there. But there are not as many models, what they would call models in machine learning or artificial intelligence, even though there's a difference. There's not as many models to apply to that data. Um, so the goal really is to be able to accumulate and correlate enough data to be able to build a model that is able to predict for each individual person fashion on you know, here and are them in a fashion sense. That being said, that is a long ways away because it takes a very large amount of data. It takes trend building to kind of get to that end goal. That's really interesting. I never thought of it as like technology being able to kind of predict that. We know it's mostly been people, you know, in these big offices for a month at a time kind of saying it's it's fall 2018 now but i can tell you what we're going to be wearing in summer 2020 or summer 2019 so it's really cool to see you know the tech aspect kind of driving that that industry even more um and i want to shift gears a little bit now and talk about your entrepreneurial journeys and adventures before adulthood so i know you were you know you've been doing entrepreneurship for a very long time now so what made you at your core kind of want to be an entrepreneur or want to start your own business? It is true. I did start my own business really when I was 12 or 13. Um, it was, I was homeschooled. So it was actually a part of my education, being able to manage customers, manage a, a you know, a balance sheet, know what I need to spend, you know, know what I need to charge money. All that good stuff. I started out with a small landscaping company, but then moving up, probably just a year later, I was really interested in uh, small acre farming, which is just like urban farming. And the whole goal was I wanted to be able to start this farm. I'm having to do all of the traditional things, large agriculture, which is buy land, buy all this heavy equipment, all, all this capital. I wanted to be able to use land that was already there, not being used, grow, you know, high turnover crops so I could grow a lot during the year, and then sell to the people in my neighborhood and eventually local markets around me. And that really grew exponentially as I sunk more and more time and money into it. And it, there is really where I'd say I picked up this bug, if you will, of entrepreneurship here. I love being 
my own director of the ship. I love being able to say, this is the vision I have. Now, how do I, what's zero to get all the way over there? And I love being able to plan that out and build that vision and be able to bring people in and fit them into that plan and vision and build this team to be able to get there. And that really got everything. Nice. That is like, you know, same here, right? Um, it wasn't in like my education, but just growing up in like immigrant family and being an immigrant, entrepreneurship was just at the core. Um, and do you think if you didn't, if you weren't homeschooled um, and it wasn't a part of your school curriculum, would you have activated, you know, your entrepreneurship like bug like at, at, at all or even so young in life or do you think it probably would have came but just like later just kind of you know a what if situation i think it might have i think it was in me i think it would have come later being homeschooled really op gave me the opportunity to do a lot of trial and error without real world without extreme real world implications because i definitely did lose money when i made the wrong decisions but i think even even after I finished the farm and then ended up going to college to get my engineering degree, all of my classes, even there was a couple entrepreneurship ones, that really just scratched the itch and really made, you know, honed in on what I wanted to do in this sense of entrepreneurship and technology. And, and with that, you know, what do you think is next for you and your entrepreneurial journey? Because I know you say you have Piao now. Um, has it launched yet? Piao has not launched. We just finished designing the UI. Thanks to you, we have a great branding kit. We're building out, you know, because I'm by myself, takes, there's a lot of moving pieces if you want to do even a really, really data launch. And I'm just trying to get all of those things in a row. But I would say there's also kind of just this, this hesitation where like, when I do actually launch it, there's no going back. <laughs> there, that's probably this final little mountain that I'm trying to get over now. And I've just got to pull the plug and do it at some point. Hopefully by the end of this year is when, when we're going to be in the app store. I mean, it would be very nice because I know, you know, um, your birthday's coming up. It would be nice to launch it by your birthday. Oh my God, you're pushing me. You're pushing me hard. You know, look at my shirt. You gotta get that shit done, my friend. You gotta get it done. Um, and you know I'm the queen of like get shit done. <laughs> Two weeks, man. I can do that. I think you could do it. And um, I want to turn, or you know, we're gonna start wrapping up in a bit. But I want to ask you a little bit about like that solo entrepreneurship, right? You mentioned being, you know, the only person on your team. You have been on teams that are more so like a little bit larger teams that was just you and one other person, and now you're at like the sole entrepreneur phase um and i know like when you first started with your your um smaller companies you you were the sole entrepreneur so like how does it feel to be a sole entrepreneur and how do you kind of like balance that with your other responsibilities um that you have you know you have your 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 job you know you have family like how do you balance all of that it it's a day-to-day -day struggle to be able to balance it because there's not somebody when I was with Illicit Mind, you know, we were very active in our channels and Slack and email, and you know, we would have communication basically daily. And that mm -hmm. really reminded me, you know, oh, we've got to get shit done. And when you're by yourself, you don't have that kind of network and support, which really 
you know, is, is valuable. So I've had to, it's all about habit forming and, you know, it takes time to get there, but I have regimented blocks in the day where nothing else happens and, you know, you got to get this done, whatever that list to get done. And, you know, there's going to be, there's a lot of ups and there's a lot of downs, you know, when you get a lot of wins in a row, it's easy to come back and do the same thing, you know, at midnight on a Friday. But when there's a lot of lows, it's hard to get back into that rhythm. And that's where I go back to this, this trove of resources where I've seen the guys that have done it before. Mm. I, I pick off what they've done in those moments, what's worked for them time and time again. I apply that. And it's a little different each time, which I think is good for me because if I did the same thing over and over again, it would probably become useless. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So, you know, picking from this varied list of, you know, one of the, my, one of the ones that works a lot is I'll do something really small and really easy, just be able to get that check on the board, got something done, and then kind of just snowball from there. And that's worked a lot. There's a ton of them. And there's a lot of re free resources. To, to be able to get going on like that. Great, that sounds really good. And um, you know, we talked about reading a bit as well. Could you drop name drop like one to two books that you think really and truly has helped you on your entrepreneurial journey? The one thing, probably by far the most, really, you know, that that I remind myself of daily. You know, there's this one thing, and I funnel it down in my mind. You know, one thing in ten years I want five years, year, month, what do I have to get done today to get there? That really is a pusher behind me. Then another one would probably be, I don't know, always reading Elon Musk's uh, autobiography. It's cliche, I know, everyone loves him in this circle, but it really is kind of that mentality of just, shut out all of the outside noise, shut out all of the people that are saying everything but what you're saying, and just get shit done. Nice. We read the one thing, like as a team earlier, right, this year? Or was I it think you and me read that. I don't know okay. if you read that, but no harm paying. <laughs> yeah, and guys, I would definitely suggest that book. It, it was a little difficult for me to get through it because it wasn't um, the style of books that I like to read. I like to read like really nonfiction, like this is my life story kind of books, but it was more so tactical, like, hey, if you focus and it truly is like how to get shit done, you know, just complete that one task. And then it doesn't mean that you only do one single thing every single day. It could be, you know, complete that one task and just focus on that one task when it's done, then move on. And that allows you to now not have to, if you finish half of a task and you move on, your brain is like, oh, but I need to go back. I need to go back. I need to, you know, you're, you're not fully focused on this new thing. So I think that's like the biggest benefit um, that the, reading the one thing has done for me. Um, and as I ask everyone, when we come to the end of an interview, what tangible or step-by-step -step advice would you like to give, um, you know, a future entrepreneur or somebody that's out there already as an entrepreneur that might be a little bit stuck right now and just needs a little boost to continue on their entrepreneurial journey? Well, I'm going to repeat what I've said probably three or four times so far. Look at the people who have gone before you. You know, this is not a path. You may think in your mind, oh, I'm the only one who's ever done X, Y, Z. But there are people that have done very much the same thing you've done before, done all the struggles you've done before. Look at what they've done. Look at what they have to say about what they've done. 
and then learn from that. Use that to push yourself forward. Nice. Thank you so, so much for being here with us today, John. Guys, if you want to learn more about John and see PI when it launches, the information will be in the caption section. So check that out and, you know, stay tuned for PI and we'll catch you on another episode of Doing the Most the Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, George. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week. Same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.